0: You are here for a reason.
1: everyone happy Sunday to you God bless each and every one that is here here's the sound of my voice if you'll remember last week I told the story excuse me of wrestling with God I wanted to do a gospel but I believe he was directing me to do this book and now you're going to know why I was wrestling so fervently. This chapter is not an easy one. There's some controversial things in this chapter and some things that I did not fully understand. I will tell you that truthfully. I was praying about it and, you know, the Lord answered me. He said, just use common logic and deduction. Deduction. You don't need to add any words to it. So I'm going to trust in the Lord, and do just that. Ah, got the hiccups all of a sudden. I apologize. This is a short chapter, and I'm thanking God for that, (laughs) not because I don't like long chapters, just because of the content of this particular chapter. So let's pray first. I pray to the Father, the Creator, through Jesus Christ, my Savior, And I pray the Holy Spirit will speak through me this morning. I give full permission. Lord, I want to glorify your name in this to each person that hears the sound of my voice and even beyond, Lord. I thank you for the privilege of being able to do this podcast. I thank you for the privilege of having such a great community with great people who are seeking out your truth and who are becoming the Bereans and searching the scriptures out for themselves. Lord, if we've been taught anything in the last few years, it's not to trust man, even men who or women who seem trustworthy. But Lord, you've provided for us the only truth, and that is in your word. So we stand on the rock that is Jesus Christ. We preach salvation through Jesus Christ. And we commit, Lord, to serving you and your kingdom as you direct. Lord, I pray you bless the reading of this word, Lord, and that you give me the words and even that common logic and deduction Lord, to give an interpretation, to give some insight, but Lord, I pray that each one of us will pray for the answers and discernment, and Lord, that you'll touch lives with this reading of your word, as your word is alive. May it become alive in each one who hears it. Yeshua, you are such a great God. I praise your name and I thank you for this word in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is timely and I'm just going to start off with perhaps just a couple quick thoughts. Prayer is not always easy to do. Uh, for some people really have a gift of prayers. And I think of those who are on our prayer team and those who contribute in our prayers weekly. I'm so thankful for each of you. We have our prayer meetings every Wednesday at 7.30 and every Saturday at 8 p.m., both Eastern Standard Time. We do it on Telegram on the main channel. It's a live stream it's audio only, it's not only prayer, but it's praise and worship, because, well, quite honestly, I, I think it's right to do it that way, and if you want prayers answered, and if you want to do warfare, I believe that, you know, praise and worship go hand in hand with it. Worship is one of our most devastating weapons against the enemy and the forces of this world. Strange how that works, but it's true. But prayer, also you need faith when you pray. And there's some instructions that are valuable in this chapter on prayer. But the most important of them Is that if you are a born again believer, you are called to pray. And I would just encourage you to join our prayer meetings on Wednesday and Saturday. We have incredible testimony of people who have been getting answers to their prayers, people are being healed. People are being put on the straight path. There's all kinds of things happening. God answers prayer. And particularly when you have people in strong faith that are praying along with you. And it's not about the eloquence of your words. Certainly, I'm one of the greatest examples of that because I'm not I don't have that gift for just incredible, fluid prayers. Probably I'm not practiced enough, quite honestly, because you do get better with practice. However, when I pray, it is with my most sincere intent to believe my prayers. And faith is really the thing that unlocks prayers. Now, it's true that sometimes someone will ask me to pray for them uh, privately and sometimes publicly uh, for a healing or something like that. And sometimes I just feel in my spirit that it's not going to happen. Right or wrong. But perhaps i'm feeling that in the spirit because that person there's intention intentionality behind that for god and sometimes god lets us go through some stuff okay um sometimes it hurts sometimes it's painful but god does get glorified in the end and although god wants the best for us uh Part of our journey is suffering for our salvation, Um, not not to earn our salvation. But it's a free gift to come into God's kingdom. But there's a price that we pay for it. The world will hate you. If it doesn't... (laughs) do say that born again prayer again. Um, I had a great example yesterday. Maybe I'll even feature some of that today. But if you are in need of things in your life, and everyone is, if you have close ones, if your marriage, you're not evenly yoked, you got saved, your husband or your wife has not been saved, Um, you have physical illnesses, you have financial need. These are all things that you can come in and, and, you know, we encourage you to pray for your things and you don't have to give the whole backstory, but just, you know, Lord, I'm in financial need. You know, my car broke down. I don't have enough, you know, I'm not making it work at the end of the month or or, you know, I'm, I've am got this uh, a cancer or something like that. You know, you can just simply pray that and our prayer team will pick up on it and pray along with you. So I just give you the most fervent encouragement to come and join our prayers. Having said that, um, oh, let me just check. Thank you for being here on Facebook and on Twitch. Do you know what amen means? Um yes, I'm on Podbean still, and amen, as far as I know, it really just means let it be so. Um Yes, Podbean, I'm on there, but uh, the Sunday morning shows are not live on Podbean. I can't do live on Rumble and Podbean at the same time. Um, So after I conclude this broadcast, I will put it up on Podbean probably about a half an hour afterwards. And thank you for all of you in also in uh, chat on Rumble. I'm going to be calling on you. Um, throughout this one because (laughs) well let's face it there's some difficult stuff here and uh, with full knowledge that about 70 percent of my audience are females (laughs) that uh, this one has some challenging parts but let's read the chapter and you'll you'll hear what I am talking about 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then, I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people. For kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved, to come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony given at the proper time, for this is why I was appointed as a preacher and an apostle, as a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands "...without anger and dispute. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or expensive apparel, but rather by means of good works, as it is proper for women making a claim to godliness." A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman was deceived. And became a wrongdoer. But the woman will be preserved through childbirth. If they continue in faith, love, sanctity, with moderation. Well, (laughs) on first pass, especially when it gets to talking about women, in today's age of 2023, That sounds cruel, and it sounds like it's against women. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. It is not. And most people, when they hear these words, are going to run it through that filter, because the world has conditioned you to think that everything has to be just even for everybody this is not holding women back. It's not saying that women are not important. And it's not saying that you're going to be saved through childbirth. Okay? So let me get that out of the way. Again, I'm just going to use common logic and deduction to explain to the best of my ability and in well, I guess my opinion, because I'm not going to claim to know everything thoroughly. I study this, I pray, and then I put forth my best effort to you. And this is one of those chapters that uh, people would not like, particularly some women If you read it through those lenses of the world, this is the living word and it's a spiritual world. And what happens in the spirit manifests in the physical, but it always starts in the spirit first. For this chapter, we need to put on our spiritual lenses and not be focused. On ourselves, because although Christ died for you, this chapter is not about you. It's, it's an instruction from God Most High to you. And it's his instruction to you for his pleasure. Please let those words sink in. I believe that was the Holy Spirit. So let's just start off with verse one. First of all, so not second, the word first is put there for a reason. Because of the importance of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer. Well, if you were on the prayer call last night, uh, Beulah gave a beautiful dissertation of when she asked God what prayer is. And she describes a bit of a vision that God answered her in, and it was her sitting with the Lord having a conversation. So prayer, what Watching While said, and I agree with this, is a two-way communication with the Lord. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did Beulah teach last night? Isn't that forbidden by this chapter? No, it's not. And her teaching was good. Was I submissive to Beulah? As a man, being in that, no, I was not. You're going to see. But first of all, I urge that requests. So it's interesting that he puts in all these words here. Because he could have just said, I urge you that you pray. But he actually breaks it up. And then he gives a further explanation. This is Paul writing uh, to Timothy, who was at Ephesus. Uh, Paul spent a lot of time at Ephesus, as we learned uh, when we went through, you know, the book of Acts and and book of the Ephesians. Uh, he was there about two and a half years, but he left Timothy there in charge. But he says, I urge that requests. What's a request? God, <laughs> I don't have enough money for the end of the month. Lord, (laughs) there's a request. Prayers. Prayers is our means of communication with Lord. That's our conversation with God. Intercession is when you're praying for others. I'm thankful that uh, the prayer team does intercession for me. And by the way, they do it for you too. Yes, you. Even though we don't know your name, God knows your name. And they intercede for you as well, as I do. Weekly. And Thanksgiving. Why would he put in Thanksgiving? I find this word fascinating. So I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving. Well, if you're giving thanks while putting in requests, prayers, and intercession, aren't you saying it with faith? Thank you, Lord, that you heard my prayer thank you, Lord, for being in charge of my life. Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer about that person that I'm praying for. I know you heard my prayer, Lord. I thank you for that. And you will do what is just because you are glorious, you are righteous, God. And you love me and you love them. So thanksgiving is giving thanks, but it's also a statement of faith. And thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people. You know, there's a, when we talked about uh, in, in the book of Ephesians, for instance, that God predestined us before we were even formed, before the world was formed. God did not make anyone to go to hell. You, you have to know this. Some people will. It's very unfortunate. Every person has free will. God just happens to not be affected by time. God is the beginning and the end. Can we understand that? No. We just have to accept it because he says that, and by the way, his word proves it quite, um, thoroughly. So we're going to call, we're called to pray for all people, but then he goes on to say for Kings and all who are in authority. You know, and we've discussed this a few times on the prayer calls and with our team meetings and You know, quite often we pray against the actions of these people. But how often do we actually pray for Klaus Schwab's soul or Justin Trudeau or the actor playing Joe Biden? (laughs) We're called to pray for them so that we may lead a tranquil, tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and in dignity. Now, is God's word promising you here that if you pray for Obama Biden <laughs> or whoever your dictator is, Justin Trudeau, that all things are going to be good? No. But you know what? If you pray for these people regularly, I believe what God's word is saying to you here, please put it in chat if you disagree or if you have a different view. But you may lead a tranquil and quiet life. You will be in personal peace because you're doing what God has instructed you to do. and a quiet life in all godliness. You know, we stand up, scream and yell about these people. And if we just spent as much time praying for them as we do complaining about them, I wonder how our personal lives would be affected. It's kind of the opposite of what we know in the world, isn't it? But God is the opposite of what we know in the world, and his ways are higher than our ways. And again, this is God's instruction to you, and I'll remind you, uh, when I introduced this book of First Timothy, God wrote a letter to you. Verse 3, this is good and acceptable. In the sight of God, our Savior. Don't you want to do what is good and acceptable in the sight of God, who is your Savior? Verse 4 Who wants all people to be saved? Yes, He wants some of the monsters that uh, roam around in this world, to be saved. He does. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, what is the truth? That is the God's word. And once you become saved, you need to increase your knowledge in God's world, lest you will fall backwards and start to walk the way you did before doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation but you'll lose much of the benefit that comes with being a born-again believer and holy ghost filled and the more you fill yourself up with the world the less room for the holy spirit in you your body is a container folks it can only contain so much For there is one God and one mediator also between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself up as a ransom for all. The testimony given at the proper time. This verse stands out to me greatly. I'll tell you, yesterday I was at uh, the Chris Sky uh, campaign office grand opening. He had a huge turnout, by the way. And Rebel News actually showed up to interview him. They didn't bring a camera, they did audio. And Chris Sky gave one of the most brilliant interviews. He had answers for everything and he disclosed things that. No one else knew about even uh, how budgets work and all that. I'm not trying to get stepped aside, but there was one man there and I was, you know, just doing some recording, showing the event um, and I just shut off my camera and this man says, oh, but I've got the most important message that everyone needs to hear. I said, okay, I'll record you. And he went on about a two-minute um, preach of why he is there to convert everyone to Hinduism. So I've watched and I recorded his speech. I was thinking about playing it this morning. I, I won't put it in um, because of what happened afterwards. So after he gave his two-minute speech. I said, oh, this is interesting. I said, I uh, I have a faith-based Christian radio program. And so I wanted to enter into a good dialogue with them." And he says, oh, you're Christian. You got to get away from that. Christian faith has lied to you. I said, okay, where? He goes, well, the, uh, how old the earth is? So I debated upon that, and he had no answers. (laughs) And then, you know, we it was a polite debate, uh, to be honest, because he he actually claimed, he goes, oh, I'll kick your ass in a debate. Okay, let's just talk. And he couldn't answer any question that I gave him. But he kept saying he'll beat me in a debate. (laughs) Um, But I was being loving at the time. But then he told me that I need to renounce Jesus Christ and I need to renounce his Bible. And I saw the demons in him. And I rebuked those words that he spoke. And I walked away. And then he started yelling at me as I walked away. I probably could have made a little bit more of a scene but I didn't feel compelled to. Um it wasn't the place for, you know, deliverance. He certainly wasn't going to be uh wanting to be delivered but there if I did make the point to him though there's only one way to God and yours ain't it. <laughs> And Jesus is our mediator. He's the one who carries our prayers. That's why this is in here. He carries our prayers between God and mankind. And he gave himself ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. So it wasn't the proper time yesterday for me to go into a full thing because this man was riddled with demons, as far as I could tell. And he didn't want to get rid of them. Then Paul says in verse 7, For this I was appointed as a preacher, an apostle, and as a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So we know what an apostle is. It's one who's sent out. We know what a preacher is. A preacher is someone who basically stands on the pedestal and is, you know, preaching out, almost like a herald of old old times, you know, come and get the news, you know, the guy standing on the box. And then a teacher is one who breaks it up and will teach you the different things. And Paul is claiming to be all three here. But then he says he's a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. That is going to be setting up the rest of the chapter. That statement right there. Let me explain to you. Paul was a Pharisee. As you know, Paul's story. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, trained by the top Pharisees. He was there, you know, he wanted Christians killed. And he was righteous in thinking that, a defender of the law. But now this Jewish man, Pharisee, is an apostle, a preacher, and a teacher in the Christian faith. And you'll see where Paul teaches and you'll see where Paul preaches. And particularly in Acts, you know, when he was getting arrested, he's standing up preaching, you know, uh, in other times he's teaching. But he's a Jewish man who is a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. And it's important to understand that because the early church really took on they they formatted themselves after the Jewish synagogues because that's how they knew how to do church that's how Paul knew how to do church that's how the rest of the apostles knew how to do church was like in the synagogues except the message had changed okay you need to hold on to that to understand these key verses as we go forward So first he addresses the men. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or dispute. So lifting up holy hands, to me, that's including praise and worship in your prayer. To me, that common sense and deduction, okay? When else do you raise your hands? Up, you're praising, but it says without anger or dispute before you pray, you don't need to be perfect because you never will be. But if you've had, like, you know, if uh, if my wife and I have a disagreement saturday night at 7 30 a half an hour before uh prayer and and uh you know i until i resolve that dispute i really should not be praying out loud i might be praying lord what am i gonna say to my wife to you know correct this or something like that but uh to go in and pray for all you need to clean up things you don't want to have the distractions okay If you've insulted your brother or something like that, you need to go and apologize. If you've done something wrong, get it dealt with and then come in and pray. And by the way, even just before coming into the prayer meeting, you should repent of certain things and stuff like that just before you come in. So you don't need to do it when you're in the prayer. Uh, You've already done it. You've prepared your heart before joining into community prayer. So then he says, likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly. Why would he say this? Well, because the man is the head of the house. And he's saying that he doesn't want the men to be, you know, distracted by having anger or dispute, having unresolved issues. Well, a woman, not <laughs> dressed in a godly manner conservatively is a distraction for a man okay you're praying to god but you're looking out the corner of your eye at the girl in the short skirt you know um but it's also for women and what it says here with proper clothing what is proper clothing well it's just modesty just modesty. That's it. Then he goes on to say, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive apparel. So let me just say this. If you braid your hair, he's not saying you cannot braid your hair. You have to remember this is the early church. At the time this was written, uh, they didn't have electric plug-in curling irons, okay? <laughs> like they didn't have all the modern modern amenities that we had. And I guess what I get out of this, common logic and deduction is don't dress in vain. Don't do it for vanity. Oh, I want to look so hot as I go to church today because I'm a single lady and there's a single man there I got my eyes on. So I'm going to, I want to be noticed by him when I go to church. You're going to church with the wrong heart. And women, that's a trap that you can easily fall into. Of course you want to look respectful. Of course you want to look good. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't make it about vanity because your heart is not in the right place. It's a That's more of a trap for women than it is for men. Uh, most men, myself included, my wife would say, you're wearing that to church, <laughs> you know. You want me to change, dear? (laughs) You know? Um, And gold or pearls are expensive. Again, it's, it's just vanity. You want to avoid that. But he says, talking to women, rather by means of good works, as is proper for a woman making a claim to godliness. So let... Let your actions show, let your lifestyle show godliness. Not that God has rewarded me with all these pearls and that because I'm such a good steward of his word or something like that. Have you seen people on TV doing this? Verse 11. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. Okay, Lord. (laughs) Back in the early church, in the early synagogues, The women were separated from the men. The men were at the front of the church. The women were at the back of the church or the synagogue. And women were to remain quiet. That was the rules. And you don't want a woman yelling at their husband, what did he say? (laughs) you know, or something like that. So essentially is saying, go home and then ask your husband when you get home. Now, God's word is true, and I believe God means it when he says it, that a woman is not to be a teacher who exercises authority over a man. Look, those are God's words, not mine. It doesn't mean a woman cannot teach. If a woman is going to be a teacher, and particularly in a church, or you know what, you know, I I've had women on here teaching. Uh, Beulah did a couple Sundays ago, the deep roots, and it was a great teaching. But Beulah, who's a who, amazing woman of God submits to me or she did at the time like she I was her covering. Okay. You have to understand that there's a spiritual authority. Now do I tell her what she can and cannot say? No. Because I trust that she's going to bring a good word. I know she will bring a good word because she seeks God. I think it's just more of an authority thing. Look, woman, we, we discussed this in Ephesians. Um, woman is subject to a man. This actually is a good thing for women, and it's tougher on the man than it is on a woman. It might not sound good in modern, oh, I want to say theosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the right word. <laughs> For those who have ears to hear. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a wrongdoer. Okay. The Lord said to use common logic and deduction. Most people might hear, oh, women are more easily deceived. That's why Satan went to the woman. That's not what I'm getting. Satan is the opposite of God. Everything that Satan does, he does it the opposite of God. So, Satan did not respect the spiritual authority of going to Adam, and he went to Eve. It's just an inversion of God's law and God's ways. Adam was ultimately responsible. So, It wasn't Eve, it was actually Adam's fault in the spirit. You have to understand that. So it's not that, oh, the poor, gullible woman. No. It's just an inversion and going against God's authority. And that's what this whole part is talking about. again. It's God's authority. Okay, I'm going to check chat before I finish out here. Okay, modesty. That went over okay. Okay. All right, I'm not getting hate mail yet. At least I don't see it. All right. Well, everything everyone looks good so far. Thank you my kind and generous submissive <laughs> women in the audience. <laughs> oh man. I look we're allowed to have fun. Um verse 15. And this is one I really prayed on because At first, I thought about it as you might hear it. And and depending on the version you uh, read, um, so it says, but women will be preserved through childbirth if they continue in faith, love, sanctity, and moderation. In some versions, it says, but women will be saved through childbirth if they continue in faith, love, sanctity, and with moderation. Um, so you're not saved by childbirth. Nowadays, and almost every one of us knows, because it's very common, you know, one in four women uh, or one in four pregnancies these days um, don't last. They they don't go to full term. Um, there's pregnancy is has always been a risky thing and it can be risky for the mother it can be risky for the unborn child and we know that babies can come out breech they can get the umbilical cord wrapped around their necks um i know of a child that that happened to um we all know a woman who's had a cesarean ses- section uh done but we have those things now when this was written 2000 years ago, the baby went sideways or if that cord got wrapped around the neck or something like that, um, a woman could possibly die. And there's many other things obviously. And the child could possibly die as well. So common logic and deduction is Paul is saying at the time, if you believe in a strong faith and you dress modestly and you walk with the Lord and you submit to your husband and you do all these things that are godly, your pregnancy is going to go fine. You'll be saved from that. The Lord will give you extra special attention. Would that apply to today? I think so. And I think that's all it's saying. So we don't want to read too much more into it other than that. And by the way, because I have a mostly female audience and we're talking about how to dress and not to do it in vain and stuff like that, you know, I, men talk about women, women talk about men, okay? When when men are just around men, we'll talk about women just like you guys. will. Women will talk about men when you're around. It's a safe place to talk about certain things. And one of the things that's come up over the years, and even before I was saved, I want to point this out. A modestly dressed woman is much more appealing to a man. A woman who is scantily dressed, yes, it will catch a man's attention. Of course it will. But it doesn't capture a man's attention like, man, that's the girl for me. I want to marry that girl. No, it's that's the girl I want to sleep with and then move on. A modestly dressed woman has so much more appeal. There's a mystery. And I just encourage you, um, leave that mystery. Um, Even, you know, bikinis and stuff like that, uh, quite honestly, are they sexy? Yes. But it doesn't leave as much mystery. And if you want to attract a guy who wants to be in a long-term relationship with you, which would be what a godly single woman would want, then leave the mystery. And you'll attract the right suitors. To me, um, (laughs) the most attractive look if I'm just gonna pick one it's that summer dress just a you know full length free-flowing dress light material there's just something so beautiful about a woman in a summer dress and uh you know obviously it doesn't show much skin could still show your form and things like that that's okay but it's mystery so i encourage you to do that and and if you're a single woman and you're a teacher or whatever you need to you need to have a covering over you you need to submit to an authority in the body of christ that needs to be a man so i think we got through that without too much incident. Let me just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your instruction. I thank you, Lord, that through your word, you give us insight into what is, how the spiritual realm operates and how it's the opposite of the world and what the world's taught. And Lord, you're teaching us how to operate in spiritual principles in the physical world. And Lord, this chapter, that is what the instruction is and how we all benefit from doing things that are contrary to the world, but they're right in your spirit. They're good in the sight of the Lord. So, Lord, I pray just the impartation of your spirit, of, of your wisdom and knowledge of this word into each one of us, and then it becomes part of our practice as we walk out our faith with you. In Jesus' name, I pray. God bless each and every one of you, and... uh Oh, if you can, um, please do support the show. It's funny, Friday's Live, I've lost a couple <laughs> patrons right on the spot. And it might have been something I said, but I've actually figured it out. I believe I've got some wisdom on this. I sang for the first time publicly <laughs> on, the, on the show, and I always knew me singing would be a bad idea. <laughs> so uh if you can support the show there's links in the description box uh certainly do appreciate it and hey stop giving your money to the cabal it's more important than ever and honestly i need five or six people um you know in the next couple weeks to join uh mylibertystand.com it's more important now than ever and i say five or six advisedly it's just because I think there's five or six of you. I almost—I think I even know your names. So I'm telling you, I—I I know. I think I know who you are, and you've been putting it off, but now's the time. Go to mylibertystand.com and do what's right for you and your family. And where you put your money is also, you know, affecting your natural walk. If you want to keep supporting the cabal, support the cabal you have free will but you can free will change over and stop supporting the cabal and start supporting patriotic companies and more importantly the christian community that we have to serve you in this patriotic store that we're going to recommend to you so god bless each and every one of you remember love your god love your family love your neighbor as yourself and make a difference in your community.